section forty of mrs diamond this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. mrs diamond by anne isabella thackeray ritchie book four chapter six at versailles even kings and kaisers bidden fortune's throes the carriage rolled on along by the banks of the river by more ruin by desolation in every form a few people were out a few houses and shops were opening once more the gardens bloomed with spring and lilac and laburnum the skies were bright and the ruins black the coachman stopped at a village to give his horse a drink a great pile of crockery stood in the middle of the street all about houses wine-shops wayside inns alike abandoned a blacksmith's forge empty and silent a great seared barrack standing gaunt and deserted it was one continuous line of desolation all along here and there a face looked out of some rifled home and disappeared into the ruins a cart went crawling by piled with household goods out of one big broken house with shutters flapping and windows smashed issued a grand carriage with a coachman and groom in full livery and twinkling harness and horses looking strangely smart and out of place a little farther on was a china shop that seemed to have escaped by miracle its broken panes were mended with paper then came children two by two they reached versailles in less time than they expected it was barely five o'clock the sun was sinking in a warm and cheering stream of light as they drove into the city they heard the distant sound of a military band great changes were taking place not the least being that the germans were leaving as they came up the street they met a company spiked and girt tramping out of the town the soldiers marched past the old palace that had sheltered so many dynasties with stony impartiality bearing in turns the signs of each invading generation the noble gardens were flushed with blossom and growing summer the shops were all open the children were at play in the streets on the walls were affixed papers in french and german sales of horses of camp furniture susy read of the approaching departure of the such company of the hessian division with a notice requiring any claims to be immediately sent up and a list of the articles to be disposed of by public sale as they waited to let the soldiers pass by some more germans came out of a stable across the road carrying huge bundles of straw upon their backs and talking loudly to one another how strange the echo of their voices sounded echoed by the stately old walls of versailles the soldiers were gone they were driving on again along the palace gardens when madame leant forward with a sudden exclamation there is marney she said i see him he turn in there at the palace gate and the old lady leaning forward loudly called to the coachman to stop we will go after him she said to susy there is no time to lose 
susy did not say a word it had to be gone through and she silently followed madame who was crossing the great court with heavy rapid steps in pursuit of the figure she had recognized they met with no opposition the guardian of the gallery stared at them as they hurried by the place was nearly empty they saw a distant figure rapidly retreating and madame hurried on in pursuit from one echoing floor to another past the huge pictures of napoleon and his victories past a great gilt frame boarded carefully from view one or two people were passing and repassing along the gallery but marney if marney it was vanished suddenly and was nowhere to be found madame severely questioned a guardian standing by a doorway he had seen no one pass within the last few minutes but there were many exits there was one door leading to the great hall which had been turned into an ambulance and people were constantly going out by it the officers were gone he told them a few of the men still remained and one young lieutenant whose sister had come from germany to nurse him susy had hardly patience to listen during madame's various questions and observations to which the custodian being a cautious man returned guarded answers that was a portrait of the queen of prussia boarded over by command now that the prussians were going it was to be unboarded by order yes he had been there all the time he had faithfully served the emperor he was prepared as faithfully to do his duty by any one who came a coriolanus could not have honoured sentiments more noble and patriotic at last finding it was hopeless to inquire further they got into the carriage once more and drove to the address in the rue des dominicains number fifteen this must be number fifteen says madame stopping before a low white house with a high roof and a door opening to the street she knocked with two loud decided raps raising the heavy scrolled knocker in a little while the heavy door was opened by a stupid-looking girl in a white cap who seemed utterly bewildered by her questions yes she said mr marney lived there he was not at home he was gone to st cloud when will he be in says madame in her loud voice i will wait for him i am madame marney's friend the girl looked more and more stupid madame is here i will call her she said and she went into a ground-floor room almost immediately a woman with strange glittering eyes and yellow tawny hair and some sort of a pink dressing-gown flung open a door upon the passage you are asking for madame marney she said with a defiant air what do you want i come from madame marney said the old lady looking very terrible she is ill seriously ill she wishes to see her husband at once and i must insist but before the old lady could finish her sentence the woman screamed out to the girl what are you doing marie turn out these german spies and with a look of furious hatred she sprang forward violently thrusting poor old madame backwards out of the doorway and banging the heavy door in her face susy who had not come in had just time to catch madame du pare or she would have fallen it was a horrible scene a hideous degrading experience the old lady was a minute recovering her breath then the two looked at one another in silence as they stood together outside the closed house oh what abomination said madame shuddering and putting up her hands oh my poor poor friend oh susy my poor susy i have long feared how it might be 
i have now the certainty susanna who had turned pale rallied with a great effort she would not acknowledge even to herself much less to madame what a miserable revelation had come to her in that brief moment that woman had been drinking she said very coldly she seemed half mad dear madame we will go no farther mr marney is sure to receive my mother's message from one person or another and perhaps to make sure you will kindly write to both his addresses when you get back let us go home now mamma will be waiting and then telling the man to drive them to the station they drove away slowly in the rattling carriage with the tired horses scarcely speaking another word the wreck of her sweet mother's generous love and life's devotion seemed to susie sadder and more terrible than any crash of war any destruction and ravage what were broken stones what were overturned walls and fortunes so long as people could love and trust each other once more that idea came into her mind which she would never let herself dwell upon a thought of what two lives might be even tried even parted but with trust and love and holy confidence to bind them together they were too soon for the train and had to wait some few minutes at the station as they stood there in the sunset two deputies were walking up and down the platform talking gloomily so the young men of metz and strasbourg are to wear the prussian helmet said one of them as they passed it is of a piece with all the rest i don't know what there is left for us now said the other speaking with emotion where is our safety paris is at the mercy of the first comer i have seen as many as two hundred young men in a week passing in a file through my village to avoid conscription and the voices passed on the train arrived at last puffing along the line and susie and madame got into the first vacant carriage there they found a trio a father a mother in a smart bonnet a son a pink-faced youth holding a huge cane and tassel all these two were talking eagerly they paid no attention whatever to the entrance of the two women father yes 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 talk to me of change what does change mean a revolution quick add two million or three million to the national debt do you know what the debt was thirty years ago when the minister of finance proposed to pay it off now it is just four times the sum give us another revolution and we double it again liberty oh yes liberty or every man for himself as for me i vote for the man in power because i love my country and i wish for order above all i voted for the emperor and now i shall vote for a republic and believe me the only way to preserve a republic is to take it out of the hands of the republicans son angrily but father our armies were gaining if only we republicans had been allowed to have our way father sarcastically yes everybody gained everywhere and meanwhile the prussians advanced mother shrilly echoing the father piat florence these are your republicans auguste they are mud do you hear mud 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 enter an old lady handed carefully by the guard ah sir many thanks madame i thank you i am a poor emigre returning after six months absence alas i had hoped to be spared the sight of a prussian but that was not to be mother proudly we madame remained when one has a son fighting for his country one cannot leave one's home 
son looks conscious and twirls his cane old lady alas you have more courage than i have for my part i am grateful for my heart to trochu for his surrender for sparing useless slaughter father what could he do alone he was driven on by your so-called patriots this is the result of your free press son but papa give us progress you would not refuse us progress mother vehemently echoing the son yes progress and liberty of discussion father desperately i give you progress but i do not give you leave to talk about it progress comes best alone when people begin to talk nonsense and pass votes in favour of progress they show they are not ready for it sad and preoccupied as susy was she could not but listen to the voices on every side they interested her though they were anything but cheering when she and madame du pare reached the villa tired and dispirited a figure was standing at the gate and evidently looking out for them it was joe only a little more dishevelled than usual and bringing with him a feeling of home and real comfort of which poor susy was sadly in need at that moment it was the simplest thing in the world he had started off then and there hearing that susanna was gone to her mother he had come to see if he could help to bring mrs marney back he had left his bag in the train while susy walked on with her arm in his listening to his explanations madame du pare poured out her pent-up indignation to max who also came out to receive them he had been at home all day finishing a couple of sketches ordered by m haas for his pictorial newspaper he had been up once or twice to see mrs marney whom he thought very ill you must tell her nothing except that you failed to find marney he said compassionately but for god's sake mamma leave this place and try and get your friends to go the sooner the better for us all the federals are sure to come down upon neuilly another day and it may be too late i must go back to my work now for i have no time to lose End of section forty